Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. What climate change means for COVID-19 and healthcare. The effects of climate change rapidly becoming increasingly visible are on the precipice of causing serious strain on the healthcare systems globally. The wildfires that have raged across the west coast of the U.S. and Canada this summer are reminiscent of those last year and have been linked to increased risk of COVID-19 test positivity. According to a team of researchers writing in the Journal of Exposure Science and Environmental Epidemiology, an increase in the concentration of air particulate matter in Reno, Nevada, across a seven-day average was associated with a relative increase in the COVID-19 test positivity rate, almost one-fifth during the time period which produced the most wildfire smoke from mid-August to mid-October of 2020. Now, research have proposed that this is the case because of how air particulate matter, which increases due to pollution, enhances how the virus operates and spreads through modifying the body's immune response and enabling the transport of the virus to the lungs. The CDC states that smoke exposure increases respiratory and cardiovascular hospitalizations, emergency department visits, medications for asthma, bronchitis, chest pain, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, all in addition to the current risk of COVID-19. On August 19th, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change released a report on the climate crisis with the UN chief calling it a code red for humanity. Climate change will add to the strain on healthcare systems through extreme weather events, causing injuries and deaths from flooding, storms, droughts, and hurricanes, a rise in infectious diseases through food and waterborne illness, and food and water shortages are going to be a growing problem. The incidence of climate-related infectious diseases such as malaria, dengue fever, Lyme disease, or diarrheal diseases could also be altered due to changes in ecosystems and land use. The health risks posed by climate change are and will continue to be distributed inequitably as under-resourced communities and countries and the most vulnerable people will suffer the biggest consequences of climate change. Older adults, people with chronic illnesses, those living in poverty and marginalized communities and minority ethnic populations will disproportionately be impacted by climate change. Furthermore, research published in 2018 found that 20 of the 36 countries which emitted the highest levels of greenhouse gases are among the least vulnerable to future negative impacts of climate change. As the pandemic has illustrated, proactive investments in healthcare systems are essential to prepare for the future. Because when diseases emerge and the climate emergency drives up the rates of hospitalizations, injuries, and illness, we need to have that healthcare system in place to sustain that surge.
Women's unheard pain. What if you had a condition that caused pain and inflammation, but when you saw your doctors for medical help, you were made to feel like the doctors didn't believe you? It's infuriating, right? Well, unfortunately, this is a reality for some women in the UK and Scotland. According to the BBC News, the Scottish government is in the process of publishing a new women's health plan after a report showed inequalities and discrimination. Upon reading the report, a UK gynecologist was shocked to learn that gender-based inequities exist even in healthcare. The report also showed that discrimination was occurring at all levels of healthcare. The new plan recommends better access to diagnosis and treatment for endometriosis, the addition of specialized menopause services, improved access to information on menstrual health and contraception, as well as the creation of a woman's health champion. The new health plan recommendations are very needed, as said by Brittany Lyson, a PhD student with endometriosis, who felt the medical system was against her. She told BBC News, I've been told in my face that the symptoms I was experiencing and the pain that I had was impossible and that the damage was being done was something that I actually couldn't feel. The medical gaslighting has caused so much damage to women over time. Endometriosis is a condition where tissue like that found in the lining of the womb grows elsewhere in the body, often around the reproductive organs or the bowel or maybe the bladder. Just like the womb lining, the tissue builds up and bleeds every month, but there's no way to escape the body. The blood is trapped, leading to inflammation, pain, and formation of scar tissue. For some women, there are no symptoms, but for others, it can cause chronic pelvic pain, painful intercourse, or bowel and bladder problems, and painful periods. Sadly, in the UK, it takes an average of seven and a half years to be diagnosed with endometriosis after seeing multiple doctors across multiple years. There is no cure, but treatments including hormone therapy, pain relief, and surgery can reduce symptoms. The main issues women are having are the delay between presentation, diagnosis, and effective treatment for conditions such as menstrual disorders and menopause. Hopefully, the new health plan is a step in the new positive direction and will result in effective change because women have been suffering in silence long enough. Health organizations use digital mapping tools to aid pandemic response. For many health organizations, pandemic response has been a question of location, identifying where COVID transmission is highest and where vaccination and testing may be lagging in order to effectively deploy limited services. According to the New York Times, many public health experts have been using geospatial data to get this information. Most of this data is visualized through tools like geographic information systems or GIS software in order to create easy-to-digest maps of things like case and vaccination rates. This kind of mapping has already been very useful across the country. In New York, Suffolk County, digital mapping helped the government's pandemic response team to identify low vaccination rates in neighborhoods where English was a second language. Using this data, they added Spanish and Haitian Creole to their vaccine hotline, and the vaccination rate in those neighborhoods increased. Count me in, former Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams' vaccination campaign uses GIS data to overcome issues of accessibility to the vaccine as well. 
The initiative maps vaccination sites across Georgia and compares them to data on possible obstacles to getting the vaccine, such as low rates of car ownership or computer access. Then Count Me In was also able to send mobile vaccine clinics to areas that had few clinics and high barriers to access. They began canvassing in those areas, hoping to book more than 4,000 vaccine appointments. According to the New York Times, geospatial data can be also helpful to logistic companies that handle the vaccines themselves. In the U.S., many states have large rural counties where vaccination sites can be hard to access for many people, including those with disabilities, that keep them going at home. Using digital mapping, these counties were able to map requests for online appointments in order to minimize waste and maximize the number of shots they can deliver. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.